This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, December 1st apparently and that means this is your four by five episode today though a five by five episode as we do sometimes five writers from nbc sports edge for five minutes each we will talk some struggling superstars first round picks in fantasy who have been letting us down some changes in roles and the impact of that in fantasy as well as players capitalizing on recent injuries and much more over the next 25 minutes as i welcome in the leadoff hitter for this program ryan Knaus. ryan first things first how are you I am well. It sounded like you surprised yourself when when you said December first. Like you looked down and just suddenly realized it was it was a different month. Yes, I, I'm often I'm often surprised. It, it was a real Steve Alexander moment there. I think where like you know you just realize suddenly that's another month. You know when Steve comes on. Speaking of Steve, ask him. I think last night he posted a Gary Payton the second blurb under Gary Payton Senior. Uh, I'm sure some, some readers had a good laugh about that. I saw that. I was like Miami, huh? Okay, yeah. I did notice that. I will uh, bring that up. But Ryan, I'm going to start our timer because. We have a topic here, a quarter of the way through the season, basically. I want to talk about a trio of players who were taken basically in the first round of most leagues and uh, the various ways they've disappointed us and get your take on it. So I have a few things to get through here. I'm going to try to spin through this real fast. It's Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal. Lillard, okay, the assists are there, but he's shooting under 40% from the field. His points are down, his lowest since 2014-15, just inside the top 40 in nine category leagues. Jason Tatum. Everything's really there except for the shooting. He's at 39.5% from the field. He's just inside the top 50 of nine category leagues. Going even further down, we get to Bradley Beal. His points per game have dropped by like eight points this year from 31 to 23, shooting 27% on threes, a career-high 3.8 turnovers. He was 65th heading into Tuesday evening in nine category leagues. So looking at those three, who are you most optimistic on and who are you most pessimistic on from this group getting back to first-round value? Hmm. Uh, I think optimism Jason Tatum. Uh, he's already shown some okay. upswing in the past two weeks. I believe he's a top 20 value. So he he's kind of picking things up a little bit. Poor shooting is one thing. Now, is it, you know, indicative of a deeper problem? Like with Lillard, you might point to the abdominal injury and say maybe that's been been right. hurting him quite literally. Uh, however, he also has shown some improvement recently, but yeah. Tatum is healthy. He's healthy. I think the biggest issue for them has been Boston's offense is a work in progress. You saw, you know, Marcus Smart call mm-hmm. out Tatum and Jalen Brown for not passing the ball and only looking for their own offense. Then you got that sort of anonymous report saying that Jason Tatum was only about Jason Tatum and didn't want to, you know, pass to his teammates, which seemed, by the way, like a coordinated weird ad hominem attack by like Western conference executives just trying to undermine his, uh, his value and so forth. But setting that, setting that aside, uh, yeah, he's on the upswing. I mean, 85% free throws on almost seven attempts per game in the past two weeks. He's getting to the line. He had a game with 10 assists the other day. So he is looking for his own playmaking a little more, whether that's because he's getting called out in the national media or not. I'll let you decide. 
so yeah, I think Tatum for sure I'm highest on. And I'll put Lillard lowest, even though he was on a surge. Now he okay. had a rest day recently, but he was hot right before that. I'm not so worried that I'm looking to trade him, let's say. I'm not trying to get out from under him necessarily. But he's the only one on this list that has a physical problem that we know about that he said has been bothering him uh-huh. for a couple of years. So yeah, that, that gives me a bit of pause. And you know, although he has played through it and he's super durable throughout his career, it only takes one awkward move to tweak an abdominal injury. And we know that those can be touchy and lead to week-long absences, etc. So, yep, Beal, you know, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, I have a friend, we'll call him Matthew, who has Beal and Tatum on one of his mm-hmm. teams. And he's getting a little bit antsy about this whole thing. And I want to talk for our remaining couple minutes, or at least part of it, about Beal specifically. I'm trying to figure out what's going on there because Tatum, we can point to just it's just a shooting slump or just bad shooting, right? Maybe it's bad shot selection a little bit, but everything else is there. Lillard, you can point to the abdominal injury. Maybe that's the reason his shooting is down. Maybe you hope that that turns a corner later in the season, right? Hopefully, maybe that heals. Who knows? But with Beal, the question is, what is going on? Because the whole idea was his usage was supposed to fly through mm-hmm. the roof with Westbrook not mm-hmm. there, and we really haven't seen that happen, Ryan. So I'm trying to figure out, do you have any perspective on that? I wish I did. Uh, preseason, you mentioned his usage uh, expected to fly through the roof without Westbrook, and I indeed put a little uh, prop bet on him to lead the league in scoring, which is not looking so good at the moment, yeah. Matt. That was a preseason, not great. preseason wager. But yeah, I mean, it's been, I think, yeah. a bunch of things. I think that the wave of new teammates, Beal, to his credit, has deferred a little bit. You know, his usage is still still high, but it's not as high as it was last year. So there's been a little bit of an opposite effect from what we expected. Also, he's just shooting very poorly. He's, I think, 27.2% from downtown. That's nowhere near where he's yeah. you know, been throughout his career. It's not where he's going to finish. So that will come up. Along with that, his points will rise. But yeah, it hasn't been a great look. Now, if you want reasons for optimism, I'll say his rebounds are at a career high 5.1 per game, career high rebound rate. Mm -hmm. His assists are near his career high at six per game and that he also did tie his uh, career high assist rate. So, you know, he's getting it done in other facets of the game. Defensive stats, he's never, you know, you're never relying on him for that anyway, but they're comparable to where he's been in the past. Should come up a tick. So it's really just, I mean, once his three-pointers start shooting and again, so many new teammates. I think he's still trying to let them all get some traction, you know, hopefully before switching into high gear here. Well, you hear the tone of Steve's alarm going off. Um, I will just say, maybe we can get those same Western Conference executives who were uh, <laughs> talking about Tatum to say some things about Beal. You know, his scoring is down. What's going on with Beal's scoring? Maybe we could just get some whispers into Beal's ear. Light a fire. Yeah, this guy, he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Ryan. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. All right. We're now going to bring in Raphael Johnson. Raph, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. You? Good. I'm just fine. You, as as is your custom, have a couple of players uh, you would specifically like to discuss. And I believe they both stem from the Knicks-Nets matchup that we saw on Tuesday evening. That is correct. We'll start with Emmanuel quickly. You know, obviously... Recently, Tom Thibodeau announced that Kemba Walker was no longer in the rotation. Yeah. I get a somewhat surprising fall from grace given the excitement during the offseason once he was signed. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But things haven't worked out. Obviously, Tibbs spun it for the defensive angle, citing that, you know, he didn't want to have three small guards in the rotation between Walker, Derrick Rose, and Emmanuel Quickly. 
but the offense hadn't been there for Kemba either. So it was just a question of when, whether or not Tibbs would pull the trigger on a move, and he obviously did that ahead of Tuesday night's loss to the Nets. And the reason why I wanted to bring up quickly in that is that he's seen his minutes increase quite a bit these last two games. Uh, Walker rested on Saturday, quickly played 31 minutes, and then he played 38 minutes last night. The field goal shooting it hasn't been great, 8 for 23 from the field overall in those two games, but I think the overall production with more minutes could make him worthy of, of being picked up because of the fact that he'll have the time to kind of make up for a field goal percentage that's rather pedestrian. He's shooting like 40% from the season. So I think that Quickly's a guy that fancy managers really want to look into picking up, even though the Knicks only have two more games this week. Yeah, I was looking at his recent games. I think his last five, he's sitting around 12 and a half points, three rebounds, nearly three and a half assists, 2.23s. I think that's in like 27 minutes per game. Mm. The only downside I saw there was 0.4 steals. I would yeah. love to see that number uh, creep up a bit. As someone who I think watches the Knicks quite a bit, like, do you see any steals upside for quickly? I mean, he, he's such a weird player to me because he's he's kind of electric in a way, yeah. but his fantasy numbers, like he's exciting. Uh, Knicks fans love him, but his fantasy numbers don't always follow. So, so what's your perspective there? It's more a case of you're hoping that the assists will increase. Obviously, if uh-huh. you're playing DFS, the assist value isn't as high as steals or blocks. So that that would be a negative. But, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see him suddenly going to, like, over one steal per game. You know, maybe he can get mm-hmm. you a steal every so often, but nothing like where he's going to be a consistent steals guy for fantasy managers. Even like 0.8, can we can we shake hands on 0.8 moving forward? I'll give you 0.8. I don't know if he'll be able to get to like one or, or, or above in like a short time span, but I'll give you 0.8. Okay, on the net side of things, you also had a player you wanted to highlight. Cam Thomas, you know, with Joe Harris undergoing ankle surgery, you know, now and Bruce Brown out as well, there's a need for more scoring. You know, Kevin Durant and James Harden can only do so much, although we saw an ultra-aggressive Harden last night. Cam Thomas, he scored 11 points or more in three of the last four games. You know, he had one dud in there. The, the, the averages aren't great. You know, 9.3 points, 1.3 assists, 1.7 st- uh, assists, and 1.3 rebounds, I should say. And you know, 0.73s per game during that stretch. It's not great, but I think the opportunity makes him worth looking at. If you're in a deep league and, and need some, you need to kind of account for the absence of Harrison Brown. But I think he's a guy to look at. DeAndre Bembry's another one. Bembry's probably the better choice, but I think Bembry's probably going to be snapped up on, in more leagues than, than Thomas is at this point. Yeah, I saw Bembry get added in some of my leagues when that Joe Harris news came out. Yeah. Harris out four to eight weeks reportedly. So Cam Thomas on Tuesday had, I think, 12 points, two dimes, one steal, and two threes in just 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Definitely a deep league streamer, you know, streaming play already. Do you think there's any chance that 20 minutes could grow a little bit in the weeks ahead? I, I kind of think so, just because he's still kind of finding his way. I think there was one sequence where Kevin Durant got doubled in the post, and instead of cutting to the basket, he kind of just stood in the corner. Then you see Durant kind of tell him after the play, hey, I want you to cut there. You know, and So I think he's still trying to get some of that because, remember, at LSU, he's largely the guy who did the scoring with the ball in his hands. They used to run him off right. of screens and whatnot, but it was primarily an isolation type guy. So he's got to get used to not being in that position as often when you're playing alongside Durant and Harden. But I think he's going to have some time, obviously, with the Harris surgery. So he's going to have some time to figure some things out. I think in time, he may be able to get a little over 20 minutes per game, in, in all honesty. 
All right, so Cam Thomas, at the very least, a watch list guy and a deep league streamer potentially right now. Raf? Yes. Thank you as always. And we'll talk to you soon. All okay. right, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Bye. The alarm is... Now you can hear it. It's going off very quietly today. A temperamental as always. Uh, I'll have to talk to Steve about it. Somehow this is his fault. <laughs> All right, cool. See, see Take later. care. Bye. And speaking of which, here he is, Steve Alexander. Steve, what's going on with this alarm today? Why is it? What do we, well, How do you make it louder? Have you figured that out yet? No, like my mind goes off and I touch my phone. It gets quiet all of a sudden. So I don't, maybe it's a new, maybe it's a new part of the new uh, system. Yeah. Uh, part of the update. I don't know. We did have someone on Twitter giving us like some explanation for this recently. And I want to tell that person that I did read that advice, but I still can't figure it out. So, uh, you know, what do you know? <laughs> I have a quick phone story. I know we're limited on time, but when I was playing that terrible round of golf Friday at 2.40, my alarm went off, of course, the, the, the same tone. And it was time for me to go get my kid from school, except he didn't have school on Friday. And my buddy that I was playing with goes, dude, I love that ringtone. <laughs> I was like, well, you should listen to our Wednesday podcast. Nice. Well, so so we only have 30 seconds left. So what uh, do you want to <laughs> talk about? Uh, those of you that scooped up Alec Burks when he got hot uh, have to be loving life right now. Yeah. He had 25, 5 and 5 with the two steals and a block uh, on Tuesday. On Saturday, he had 23, 7 and 3 with two steals, four three-pointers in both games. Uh, as soon as... Tibbs went to make that move with Kemba. I, I went and grabbed Burks everywhere I could. And he's been awesome in two games. It's only a two-game sample. And while I do like Emmanuel quickly as well, I mean, it just looks like Burks is is going to be the guy for a hot minute here. And, and speaking of the Knicks and Kemba and Tom Thibodeau, does, does anything look more miserable to you than, than playing basketball for Tom Thibodeau right now? Like, he's just a grumpy, angry old man over there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that I can I can think of more miserable things, but I get your point. I do want to say about Burks, I feel like it was a situation where some people ran to pick him up and there were other people who just kind of had picked him up recently and then kind of lucked into that news happening while he was still on their roster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause he was, he was kind of, uh, Raph says playing for the Kings looks more miserable than, than playing <laughs> for Tibbs. Fair point. Very fair point. And Steve, you also, speaking actually of the Kings, I think you uh, wanted to talk about a Sacramento player today. Oh, Chimezi Mitu. Mitu. Yeah. Mitu. Um, Mitu. Either way. you can Any way you want to say it. It was funny because you and I were talking about him right as he got hot. And then immediately the new coach came in. He didn't play the next game. And we're like, oh, I guess it's over. Chimezi's done. But now he's kind of back. Mm -hmm. 23 plus minutes in his last four games and he, or no, his last three games. And then he played 36 minutes on Tuesday, had a double, double 14 points, 11 boards with three steals hit seven to 10 shots. I like him as like a low end DFS option right now. I don't, I'm not racing to pick Matu up anywhere in standard league wise, but he's worth putting on your radar and, and keeping an eye on. Yeah. And Harrison Barnes has a foot injury and I was searching around for some details before we, before this podcast today, I saw it called in the Sacramento B. I saw it referred to as a right foot sprain that made me a little nervous. I mean, there hasn't been any indication of really how long 
Barnes could be out, I don't think. But I don't know. It, the, the murkiness of it makes me a little nervous, and the, the terminology right foot sprain makes me a little nervous that what if we're going to get news that this is kind of worse than we're anticipating? And in that case, I do think Metu needs to be uh, on people's radars. Yeah, I think if Harrison Barnes or Rashawn Holmes were to go down for any length of time, then Metu's a, a hot pickup. So. And Mo Harkless was out as well that game where he had the 14 points, 11 rebounds, three steals on Tuesday. I think in our remaining minute, uh, there's one more player you want to talk about, Steve? Anthony Simons. Man, we heard that Damian Lillard wasn't going to play on Tuesday night. I think everybody got fired up and they're like, oh, man, here comes a 40-point night from Anthony Simons. It didn't quite work out that way. Um, well, he had 24 points and four triples on 10 and 15 shooting on Monday. Yeah. And that was with Dame out there. Now, Norman Powell's been out, so Simons has been getting an extra run. But I, I'm to the point with Simons where even when Lillard – and Norm Powell are both health, healthy. I think I'm I think I'm ready to roll with him. I had him in a lineup going into this week, and I almost pulled him out. But it, they play four games, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to let it ride. And I'm glad I did. But he's obviously more fun when those guys are hurt, but I think he's okay when they're healthy too. I'm not convinced we're going to see you know consistent production out of him when those guys are healthy, but 12.6 rebounds, five assists with no Lillard on Tuesday. And maybe it's a case where you – especially if you have Lillard, you know, this time around, don't drop him once Lillard's back. Just throw him on the bench, if nothing else. I'm not going over my time, Matt. Not doing it. I'll see you later. So you're not going to talk? You're not going to talk? Okay. Okay. Goodbye. No, I'm out. All right. I appreciate you respecting the clock. Yes, sir. I was just seeing if I could get you to say something else. All right. See you, Steve. Okay. Nope. He's gone. He started talking. I can't believe that. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. By the way, we have two more guests coming up. Before that, I want to let you know a reminder to download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll contest for a chance to win $50,000 this week. We're highlighting matchups between the 76ers and Celtics, Hornets and Bucks, and Timberwolves and Wizards. So if you do not have the Predictor app yet, download it now. We now are going to say hello to Brad Stonebreaker making his debut on this Wednesday episode. Brad, how are things? Thanks for coming on. Things are good. Can't complain here. I'm also in disbelief that it's December already. I also had to check my calendar there. I had no idea, but here we are. So... (laughs) 
your hype man Jared has has said in all caps uh, in the private chat. Brace yourselves for this. Brace yourselves for the stonebreaker. Jared's excited. He really is my main hype man. <laughs> I will say. Okay, so yeah, wh- where do you want to take this? We-, we got five minutes here. Where would you like to take it first? Yeah, sure. I'll, um, I feel like we've been talking about this guy probably too much for how low profile he is, but I'm going to touch on him again. That's Taylor Horton Tucker. He got some more opportunity when LeBron was out with that ab injury. And as we've all probably heard by now, LeBron entered the health and safety protocols yesterday, uh, which means more likely than not, he's going to be out for those that 10 days, the 10-day quarantine. But luckily for right. um, LeBron managers, Lakers only have like four games in that little 10-game stretch. So THD had his first chance to really show himself last night, but he was awful with like, I think at yeah. two points and a, a block or something in like uh, 16 yeah. minutes, but he was in foul trouble and there were other guys that were just playing so much better than him. Uh, Monk, even Rondo was like a plus 19 in his, in his nine minutes and outplayed him. Um, but in, it makes it seem like the, those three games, those three first games without LeBron, he scored like 17, 28 and 25 points uh, kind of makes it seem like a, a distant afterthought there. So it's really hard. It's really hard to, to track his uh, track where he's going. But um, if you average those five games without LeBron, which are those three great games and those two basically no shows, including that 08 night last Tuesday, he's at 14.4 points, 5.2 boards and 2.4 assists uh, with 1.2 steals and 0.8 blocks. And that's that's not all all that bad in my opinion. Um, I'm probably a little higher on him, uh, Sans LeBron, than others, but uh, I don't I don't think it's all all bad things there. Well, I mean, I think maybe from from the sound of things, you would say if you picked him up with LeBron out and you haven't dropped him yet, maybe maybe give him another game or two and see where the thing goes at the very least. I think so. I honestly I don't think I'd give him more. Uh, they play the Clippers on Friday. And I don't think I would give him any more chances if he stinks it up there, to be honest. I think I'd just cut him loose, LeBron or not, if that if he uh, doesn't show up. It's so weird for a guy who looked as good as he did in the first handful of games for that to have disappeared so fast because that was barely over a couple of weeks ago. I mean, what it's not like we're talking about months ago. I remember remember I way back when Taylor Horton Tucker looked awesome? It was like two weeks ago, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it seems like a month ago, but it was like maybe two weeks, like you said. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I would almost rather roll the dice on Malik Monk, who is wildly inconsistent himself. But, I mean, at least he's had, like, two good games in his last three, including 22 points, four rebounds, four assists with six threes on Tuesday. But I guess the best-case scenario for Horton Tucker is better than the best-case scenario for Monk, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree. Uh, I think we probably saw the best of Monk in last night's game. That's probably about as good as as you're going to get. He's played like I think twelve games without LeBron, and he's averaging like a point more uh, than THT, and he's more efficient. But everything else really, really isn't there. Uh, THT at least has some. I think it's like two combined steals and blocks in those five without LeBron. Um, small sample size, of course. So if and Monk, like a lot of the Lakers role players, as we know, they they really just come and go and take turns doing their thing. So Monk could score three points next game, and I wouldn't be all too shocked. <laughs> Okay, in uh, about a minute and a half we have remaining here, uh, you wanted to talk a little Rudy Gobert. What's your perspective there? Yeah, he he didn't even play last night, but I just want to throw some extra love his way. He's just been 
so good. Um, his most recent game against Portland, he had 21, 16 boards, three assists, a steal, and a block. Shot nine of 11 from the field. Um, he's played in all 21 games for the Jazz, and he's actually averaging uh, a little deep dive here, just comparing his, his career highs and stats and stuff. He's averaging career highs and rebounds, field goal percentage, steals, and he's shooting the second highest uh, mark from the free throw line. Uh, of his career this year on about one more attempt per game compared to that year, I think 2017, 18, it might've been. And he's also the first kind of random fun fact. He's the first jazz player to lead the league in rebounding through the first 21 games. So, wow. Yeah. He's like just outside that top 20 there, um, which isn't anything outstanding. His ADP was like just above 24, I believe. But if you go to total game value because he's played and he doesn't miss games and he's so durable, he's, he moves to like top 15, I believe. So he might get overlooked because he's not scoring 30, 35 points a night that say like guys like Steph can do or other like score first guys. Um, but he's, he's just doing everything right. And didn't, he only hurts your free throws, but also if you are punting that he uh, is a top five player. So he's more built for that. But even if you are, he's still been fantastic. Yeah, he's been a monster. His shot attempts are down by like almost one per game, but his scoring is actually up by almost one point per game. So pretty impressive stuff, shooting 73% from the field. Very much so. All right, Brad, appreciate you stopping by. We will have to have you back here in the very very near future. I know how to say that. All right, see see you, man. Have a good one. (laughs) Of course. Thanks for having me, Matt. Have a good one. All right. Yeah, you too. All right. He's been waiting patiently. He's, you know, Jared, you have so much energy. I'm sure it's almost impossible for you to sit and watch four people talk for 20 minutes before coming yourself. But uh, as always, I appreciate your patience. <laughs> uh, it's great. I love the team. I love hearing their takes. It just fills me with energy hearing all these amazing takes from this amazing team that we have at NBC Sports Edge. Real quick. On uh, Chemezi Metu, just real quick, real quick, before we dive in. Alvin Gentry literally apologized for the play of Sacramento last night after the game. He literally said, I apologize to Kings fans. You shouldn't be subject to this. And he he said how they collapsed during the second half, which they absolutely did. But Metu was one of the few players who did finish that game. Halliburton was benched. He didn't apologize for Chemezi Metu's play specifically. That would be a key. That would be a key point if he had. Seems like no, yeah, because Shemezi actually finished. Halliburton got benched. Perhaps we'll talk Halliburton on a future podcast. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has been playing incredibly well since returning from that two-game absence due to the ankle injury. Um, He's flirting with top 30 numbers, 21.5 points, 6.8 dimes, 3.3 triples, and just, I know you like this one, 2.3 turnovers. Perhaps you won't like this one, 41.9% shooting, (laughs) but also 83% from the stripe. I think this is an ideal sell-high opportunity. I also could see him Uh just being a top 40 guy this season. But as we all know, with players like this, players who were drafted late and are performing like this in most competitive leagues, it's not like you can get a true swap. You know, no one's going to give you Damar. No one's going to give you Lonzo. Certainly no one's going to give you Bamba. So my question is, what's the lowest you would take if you were a D'Angelo Russell manager? That's interesting that you say no one's going to give you Bamba. I think maybe someone, I could see someone potentially making that making that deal. Would you give me Bamba then? That doesn't seem wild to me. Would you give me Bamba? I will give you D'Angelo Russell right now for in the company league, Bamba. 
I would never do that, but I said I could see someone, <laughs> someone doing that. I'm so jealous. I probably need those blocks, those 2.2 blocks too much, honestly, just off the top of my head. You you, go, you keep looking, but here's one. Uh, John Moran is injured. Maybe you could sneak that one. Is that something that you would do? Would you roll the dice on an injured John Moran? What we have to go on is a few weeks, right? We right. quote unquote a few weeks, which truly could mean anything. I mean, it could mean five. It could mean two. It's a, there's a yes. wide range of what that means from Taylor Jenkins. Yes. I think if my team, it, it all depends on obviously how aggressive you're willing to be. But I think that's an interesting offer to make. I think you need to be prepared for that to get declined. But I don't think there's any harm in trying it. Yeah. So I have a, like a little list. Let's see what you say. Uh, Robert Williams, do you feel like that's a, a fairish offer that would happen and you'd be interested in? I think that's fairish. And I think now is a good time to try to trade for the Time Lord, given that he's had all of this trouble staying on the court lately. Uh, was right. likely to return on Wednesday. So I like that one. Um, Jared Allen, maybe? I don't know if they would take that. Uh, here's the two that I found that seem the most viable is Nurkic and Siakam. Okay. Do you feel like that's something that something that a manager would take and seems like a fair enough trade that if you saw in a league? I think I'd rather have D'Angelo Russell than Nurkic. Ooh, there we go. I'm worried about Nurkic's block. It is weird. I think he's like half a block per game. We're we're a quarter of the way into the season. This is not like a three-game blip. And that concerns me because without that, if he's not going to give me a block per game or close to a block per game, I'm really not excited about him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. So I'd rather have Russell. And by the way, there is there is room. By the way, we only have about a minute left, so we may want to move to your next guy. But I do think there's a little room for some positive regression steals for D'Angelo Russell, who's only at 0.9 per game, which is lower than what we've seen from him. So his blocks are actually up a career high, I think, 0.7. But his steals are down a little bit. So, you know, it, it's not like he's necessarily playing over his head in every area. But I do think you raise an interesting point of trying to deal him. Uh, okay, I think we got some names in there. In this quick 30 seconds, I'm going to try to spit out as much as I can about my Warriors. I'm getting 2016 vibes from this team. Let's see how much words I can spit out of my mouth. This man, Jordan Poole, his development has been incredibly impressive. Um, and honestly, I didn't believe it until last night. Uh, he basically opened that game only missing once through the first half. Uh, he carried the team. Curry was struggling. He finished with 12 points. Poole was a human torch. He was uh, game high 28 points, six triples, just knocking in everything. Uh, I was highly skeptical of his preseason run because I am a Warriors fan. I've been watching this guy play. And the first two years were not pretty. Um, but he has just completely flipped the switch this season. He put in the work. Credit to him for putting in the work. Also credit to Steve Kerr's staff, staff for uh, helping him get there. He's shaping up to be one of the better late round picks with averages of 18.5 points, 3.3 triples, 2.9 I did that wrong. A 3.3 assists, 2.9 triples, 1.1 steal, and just 2.5 turnovers on 45.6% shooting from the floor with an ADP of 102. Mr. Jordan Poole is shooting the lights out. Did I do it? Did I get it in time? <laughs> no, I mean, the, the timer went off like 25 seconds ago. You, you didn't hear it. It was kind of <laughs> quiet. But 
but I appreciate the effort. I got to say before we go, my friend Jason, who retired, dramatically retired from fantasy before the season, his parting shot was draft Jordan Poole. And uh, yeah, so good for Jason, even though he probably doesn't listen to this anymore because he's not playing fantasy. <laughs> Raph is in the chat. Raph, yeah, I think we're going to make this a thing. Raph's parting comment. Hey. Raph likes to stick around till the end. Raph, Raph you, what, what did you want to say? You're muted. Uh-oh. You're muted. I can't, you can't have a parting comment if you're muted. That was highly impressive, Jared. I mean, when Jordan Poole's free agency comes around, he needs to hire you. Like, that was incredible. But yeah, to his point, Poole has been very good. Uh, a pleasant surprise, I would say, in terms of his production. And at this point, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy by saying I'm not concerned about what could potentially happen once Clay Thompson. Yeah is back in that lineup because he's going to play. You know, it may be in a six-man role, but he's still going to figure prominently in their plans. Yeah, that's the final point I wanted to make and got a little bit, didn't, didn't have quite enough time. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, just with how incredible he's been, I'm not particularly concerned about Clay just because I think that um, kind of no matter what, you know, Clay's going to be brought back slowly and Poole is just shooting the lights out. By the way, Raph, what Raph wrote in the chat was Jordan Poole has a new agent when free agency comes around. <laughs> I thought he was saying Jordan Poole literally had a new agent and Raph wanted to tell us that. My, interestingly, he's going to have a new agent, but no, he meant Jared. So, <laughs> okay, that will do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe and Apple Podcasts on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're here Monday through Friday every week during the regular season. Thanks to everyone for listening and watching live with us. And thanks to all of our writers, Ryan, Steve, Brad, and to you, Jared and Raph. Talk to you guys soon. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.